Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Romans, chapter 6, verses 12 through 23. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Therefore, do not let sin exercise dominion in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. No longer present your members to sin as instruments of wickedness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and present your members to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Should we sin because we're not under law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you, having once been slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the form of teaching to which you were entrusted, and that you, having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to greater and greater iniquity, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness for sanctification. When you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. So what advantage did you get from the things of which you now are ashamed? The end of those things is death. But now that you have been freed from sin and enslaved to God, the advantage you get is sanctification. The end is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. The title of the sermon is Repurposed. Repurposed is a word, a term that we should all be familiar with by now. It means that we will need to find a new purpose or a new use for something. During this pandemic, different industries have had to repurpose equipment, workers, factories, and all kinds of resources in order to produce necessary supplies, protective gear. Lotion companies have had to start producing sanitizer um, and other needed things by healthcare workers. People who have not sewn a thing in their lives have been making masks at home, and technology-savvy people have been figuring out how to use ventilators for more than one person at a time. All of these things have been needed because we needed to repurpose what we had going into this pandemic in order to deal with the things that came our way. I'm sure at some point some felt like they were in over their heads. I mean, think about it. If you had never done any of these things and all of a sudden you were thrust into doing something completely new, and trying to figure out all the details of how to make it happen, it would stress you out. I'm sure many of these industries wondered if they would be able to do these things that they were being asked to do. The word repurpose, of course, at its most fundamental etymological sense, means to find new purpose, 
to find a new beginning. When Paul was writing to the Christians in Rome, he was trying to explain to them that because they had come to know Jesus Christ, their lives had been repurposed and redirected. Before, they were living their lives guided by their own desires, their sinful behaviors, their selfish attitudes. But now, they were to present themselves to God as instruments of righteousness. How could the same people, who used to be sinful and wicked, present themselves to God to be used as instruments of righteousness? Can you really use the same people that used to be evil and bad to do good? Only by the grace of God, who forgives our sins, brings us from death to life, and gives us ongoing grace to continue to be in His service. Paul wanted them to understand that our purpose is what drives our lives. What we seek after is what we serve, and what we value is what influences our decisions. In layman's terms, you are a slave to that which you consider your master, that which you obey. And if your master is sin, then you are a slave to it. For Paul, there was really only two choices. You're either serving God or you're not. And if you're not serving God, then your master is sin. And your inclination is to evil and wickedness. The bottom line is you will always have a boss. The only question is, who will it be? And I'm sure that as I say that, somebody's thinking, well, you know, there's people out there that are self-employed. They're their own boss, right? They work for themselves. But do they really? Or does their business give purpose and direction to everything they do? Isn't their business their boss? I mean, don't get me wrong. In life, we will all have bosses, small b. But what Paul is getting at here is who is your big boss with a capital B? Who is really over everything? Who is really the one that really sets the tone for your life? Because when God brought you from death to life, when He forgave your sins through His Son, Jesus Christ, when He empowered you with the Holy Spirit, you became His servant and He became your master. Paul is saying that we have been set free from sin and in doing so, God has made us slaves of righteousness because God's agenda is righteousness. It's justice. It's mercy. It's to love others. It's to walk humbly before Him. We have been set free from selfishness. We have been set free from greed. We have been set free from hate. We have been set free from racism. We have been set free from prejudice. We have been set free from doing evil and from doing only what benefits us. But it's still a struggle, isn't it? We still have to fight the urge to follow these things that we know are not good. In becoming slaves of righteousness, we have become champions of the oppressed, advocates for the poor and the disenfranchised. We have become a voice for the voiceless, a brother or sister to the orphaned, and a neighbor to everyone, to everyone. Doing right is our compulsion in Christ. As Christians, it is what we learn from Jesus himself, who being God, did not take this as something to boast about, but instead humbled himself 
even unto death on a cross. His compulsion was to serve. His compulsion was to love the unlovable. His compulsion was to be obedient to the Father. His compulsion was to mend the brokenhearted. His compulsion was to heal the sick. His compulsion was to welcome the outcast. His compulsion brought him to eat with sinners. His compulsion led him to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. Jesus was obedient to the Father in all he did, and thereby he set an example for us to live by. He was moved by righteousness. Paul understands that being repurposed it's not an easy thing. We were used to doing things our own way, for our own benefit, following our own agenda, and we now have to present ourselves to God for repurposing, for a new purpose, a new mission, a new way of doing things, a new way of thinking, a new way of loving, a new way of forgiving, and a new way of going through life. Think of it as starting a new job. There are many things to learn, and as a Christian, you're learning on the job. From day one, you are on the job. Every day, we have to learn to love our neighbor as ourselves. Every day, we have to learn how to love God more than anything else in this world or in this life. Every day, we have to learn to be able to listen for the Word of God, for His voice, and be able to tell it from all the other voices that will come at us. Every day, we must learn that God doesn't do things the way the world does them. And every day, we need to be prepared to be surprised. Because our boss, our boss, does miracles. He does wonders. And he works in mysterious ways. In the end, the new job is better than the last one. For the wages of sin are death. Death just doesn't pay well, huh? Sin doesn't pay well. In this new position of being slaves of righteousness, because it can, can't even be called the job, it's a calling. The hours are long. It is 24-7. The commitment has to be complete because our employer will not share us with other bosses. But the retirement benefits are out of this world. While we are on the new job, we are put through a process called sanctification in which God is helping us through the Holy Spirit to know the things that we need to know so that we can repurpose our lives and give ourselves the new direction that God is showing us. Through the Holy Spirit, we acquire new gifts so that we can continue on this journey so that we can serve God in the best way possible. And at the end of it all is the gift of eternal life, God's gift to us through His Son, Jesus Christ. But realize that it all begins with our willingness to be repurposed, to be retooled, to be redirected, to be reassigned, to be reappointed, to be renewed in Jesus Christ, to be born again into something new. Today, I just celebrate that God would want to repurpose me and want to repurpose you.
that he would take us from wherever we were and give us a new direction and give us a new hope in Christ that he would want to use even me to bring his word to you. Today, my prayer for you is that you are an instrument of righteousness, that you have allowed God to be your boss and that you are living your life following the example of Jesus Christ. Today, God is calling you to repurpose, to become a tool in his hand for righteousness. And we just have such a great example in Jesus Christ. So today, I just encourage you to continue to train on the job, to continue to learn to love your neighbor, to continue to learn how to tell God's voice from all the other voices, to continue to find active ways to serve God's kingdom here and now. Because God is calling all of us to build this kingdom here on earth. I pray that you have a blessed week and that you continue to grow in sanctification as you become holy as he is holy. Have a great week.